What's up, everyone? So, um, got backpack back online again, so that's good. Um, I started uh, pod uh, a new uh, website for my podcast on PodPage, uh, which I might put, I will put in the description later. Um. <clears throat> I just wanted to make this short little episode because, well, somebody gave me this idea. Somebody asked me if uh, I would do this. Um, and I don't know if I'm going to do it all at once. I might make little breaks and uh, just kind of like do a big segment afterward kind of thing. But they wanted me to do an episode about obligation. And I was thinking about it, I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. Ironically, it, w- it would be kind of an obligation, I guess. It wouldn't be really an obligation, because we're not really like that, but... um. Anyways, I just thought it'd be funny to say that. Anyways, um, and I, I was thinking about it, and I'm like sitting there going, wait a second. <clears throat> a lot of this obligation stuff, really what obligation is, is an attachment and there's the obligator and the obligatee. And sometimes they're the same person. Sometimes you obligate yourself to do something and you're the obligated one that doesn't want to do it. Um, <clears throat> for whatever reason. Or sometimes somebody else wants you to do something and then you feel like you're now obligated to do this thing. For whatever reason. So ultimately what obligation is, is... Attachment, a resistance. Uh, it's a kind of like a response that's very much based in uh, a kind of an attachment. And I've noticed it much a lot with relationships, it's particu- particularly um, you know what you would call romantic relationships. It's very often when I see when when it comes to not always like there's a, a couple that I do know that it's not like this at all, but there are a, a few cases that I do know of where <clears throat> you know the, the the person the couple you know fell in love and there was only the good stuff at least at first until they get married and then all the dark shit shows up later. Because now there's virtually no, um, what's the word I'm looking for, <sighs> real reason to act differently. Because now you're stuck with this person. I mean, you can get divorced, but, I mean, it's painful, it's it's difficult, and it's expensive, honestly. It's usually very expensive. And depending on the person... And especially depending on the person's religion, a divorce might actually be against their, you know, moral code or their religion itself, and so they 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 can it becomes like a, tra- a trap of obligation on both sides. Where, uh, um, 
where if one that feels obligated to the person for whatever reason and the other feels obligated for another reason. And it doesn't necessarily even have to be because of religion. Uh, it's also because of expectation. Like, because people have this expectation that, you know, relationship and marriage is like a certain way. Like, I have to be the person who cooks and cleans and he has to be the breadwinner or whatever. I mean, that's that's kind of dying out and stuff. But, you know, stuff like that is kind of like like a good example of how that plays out. And I think there's other ways that it plays out as well that, like, especially when it comes to sex, you know, he, he might want sex and you don't. Um, and so you feel obligated because you're now married to this person and he can't, like, go to anyone else. I mean, I guess he could, but, you know, it wouldn't necessarily be ethical or moral or whatever. And so you're obligated to, you know, have sex with him even though you don't necessarily want to. And he's obligated, maybe he's obligated to you to do, you know, a job that he doesn't want and that he hates because he, and he doesn't really want to. And maybe you both had, maybe you also have kids and so you're obligated to your kids and you realize it's actually more difficult than it really originally seemed. Um, because when we grow up and we see other people having kids and you see our family members having kids, it doesn't, we don't see the hard parts for the most part. We see like the, oh, how cute, a little baby, it's all so cute. Kind of same thing with a puppy. Like you see a puppy and it's like, oh, how cute, a little puppy. And then you, then he poops on you. Like, oh, that's why I never wanted a puppy. <laughs> and then, you know, the same kind of thing. Like a kid is very difficult work because a kid doesn't know anything about how to be an adult. If it was a, if it was a, if it did that, it wouldn't need a parent at all. It would already be doing all these things. Um, and so I think obligation has a, has a really interesting role uh, within relationships and family as well. And there's, there's something about that, that I've always failed to mention when it comes to attachments is often those attachments are connected to memory. And I might make an episode about that in the future, but... Um, also, maybe about tribalism and uh, particularly the, the the family and the uh, reason why that role is actually so very important and why it uh, creates more obligation and, and stuff like this. <clears throat> and, and more stuff like this related to evolution. <clears throat> but that's for deeper topics. I think for now we, we can just go kind of we can go kind of surface level and at least a little bit and uh, so ultimately what is and what creates obligation is expectation and expectation becomes a law in your own head if not anywhere else or a rule that you have to now follow because it you know you are uh commanded to by God or you feel guilty if you don't do it because you're 
you, you know, you are with family and that, that family make, makes you feel guilty when, even when they're not necessarily even doing anything to make you feel guilty. Because there's a, um, an emotional, uh, what's the word like I, I like to use? An emotional tag end, I suppose is what, you, what I call it. Which basically means like an emotional kind of like, Uh, part to this, all of this, and memory and emotion have a very uh, real, a strong connection. The stronger an emotion, depending on the emotion, the stronger the memory, and uh, and also actually has to do with smell, which is really interesting um, too. Like you might smell something, and it might remember make you remember something even more than emotions would would. And it's also very much connected to emotions as well, but smell has a really interesting role with memory as well, but that's that's another subject for another episode. Um, and so, when dealing with obligation, your first response, especially when, you know, you don't want to do this thing is a resistance. It's a, it's, this is, this is ridiculous. I don't want to do this kind of thing. Um, because eventually you'll, you'll run into a, a, a situation where this obligation is going to get you in some way and you're going to be resistant because you're going to realize, why am I doing this? It's so ridiculous. This person's not doing this. Why am I the one that the only one that's doing this, uh, or whatever it is? You know, maybe you're you're the only one that's doing the dishes or whatever. And so, what what is really going on here is that, and it's really interesting to me. That it's not even necessarily about somebody that you love, one of your family members, or maybe even your boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever. Says, like, I'd like it if you do this or whatever. One of the interesting things about this is that your mind can then take this and and feel obliged then to do this thing more often and, and, you know, in the way this person wants. And so there's nothing necessarily wrong with this if you want to do this for this person. But if you don't want to do this for this person anymore, if you've gotten sick of doing this because it, 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 it's not something that you, you feel in that moment, it creates a sort of resistance. But ultimately, it comes from expectation. Expectation that this um, obligation uh, from the other person or from yourself if you're the obliger, if you're if you're the one that says I'd like this to be done in this way, to yourself, your your expectation is that this is going to do something for you, whatever that is, and then for the other part of that, when you're the one obligated, there's an expectation on you, and so you you now have like a weight of sorts on your shoulders, maybe a very small weight, right, and so. What, you know, the response might be, okay, cool. But eventually the response is going to be, this is annoying, I don't want to do this anymore. But because you 
uh, are close to this person uh, family-wise, um, you may actually not tell this person because you don't want to be seen as an asshole. You don't want to be seen as mean. Because when you're in a, in a family like this, and it has to do a bit with stage purple in some ways, but when you're in a family, and it, it's actually an evolutionary psychology kind of thing, I think, <clears throat> because much, I think a lot of our history and civilization was spent mostly with families and tribes because we were born into a certain family or whatever. And because we need this family to survive, at least for a time, you know, 10 or 15 or 18 or whatever years, we feel obligated to that family and we have an attachment to that family and we have a less of a need to be critical of our family. You know, there's a reason why uh, when you're when you're doing, uh, if you're in, like in law or whatever, and if you're actually, if you're one of your family members is asking you to, um, so, uh, if it is asking you to uh, be their legal, uh, be their lawyer. If you're an ethical person, you're going to be like, no, this is not a, a good idea because I might be biased towards you in this situation. Um, and the same thing is true for somebody. Like if you're actually emotionally uh, resistant to somebody for some reason, you you might also do the same thing. So I cannot do this because I, I have this uh, bias for some reason. Um, <clears throat> because family has a very deep impact upon you because like I said from birth they were the ones obligated uh, to take care of you because they you know they they had um, you know children and whatever they they did they did whatever they did and you know they they fell in love or at least that's what they that's what the, the ideal situation would be anyways and so they had kids, they had you, and then maybe somebody else, or maybe two or three kids. And then they, you know, they felt they, they're now obligated because, I mean, they could give them up to like a adoption center or whatever, but ultimately it, you know, it still comes down to the same thing. In those situations when they're adopted, it's not quite in the same uh, level. It's still in the same level if you're a doctor, but when you're like in the foster system, uh, you know, it, it can kind of create a problem because there's no family attachment there. Like, because you're moving from house to house, to house like every year, a couple of years, and so it kind of creates a problem. And I think a lot of them end up grown, being grown up uh, troubled and with, with serious mental problems because they're not actually connected to that source of security that's supposed to be there for people. <clears throat> and I'm not not criticizing anyone who did that. That's not you know, something that I'm trying to do. I'm just bringing up how this works. Because family has a very deep impact on a person's development. Like it or not, it's just the way it is. You know, a lot of people want to say that we're born with a blank slate. 
Um, that's just not completely true. It's just not true at all. Um, you know, genetics shows this. And even if you, you deny genet- genetics, and I think that uh, some, some people overplay the role of genetics um, over, you know, other, other factors like environment and other things. But even if you do deny genetics in this way, because there is, you know, signs that other, there are people who say that genetics is not the biggest factor and is actually, you know, controlled by something called epigenetics. But even if that's, you know, even if that's your um, assumption, when you're grown, you're, when you're adult, even when you're younger in your teenage years or whatever, you're tied to your family and you're not a blank slate anymore because you're raised in a certain way. You're not just raised like willy-nilly like, oh, you could be this way or whatever. I mean, you could be raised that way. Well, you could be raised that way. Um, but the problem is it's there, there's still going to be something that's rubbed off on you from, from something. And... <clears throat> This plays a role in what's called ego. Ego is not something that's inherently necessarily there. It's it is in the way, but but that's you know I think that more has to do with the what I call the body memory, which basically means uh, that um, how to explain it. I've I've explained it before, but that was older episodes. But basically, what it is is um, we we all have. Something called DNA. And this DNA has genetics and ancestry and stuff like that. And it also, our biology uh, creates for a certain sort of evolution. And, and, and evolutionary psychology in particular talks about um, how this kind of works within psychology itself. And it's really interesting because I think it does have play a very big role but but probably one of the bigger roles is family if you're not you know in a family that's stable and 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 knows how to raise properly because most families um don't necessarily know how to you know raise right and they're not really given a manual like this is how you should do this this is what you do this is not me blaming anyone like, oh, you're dumb for raising your children this way. This is not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that nobody's really given a manual about how to raise their children. And nobody's really given a manual about how to deal with the mind and deal with emotions in other people. And so this creates this creates a kind of freedom, but it also creates a kind of problem of instability and a lack of mental health in some cases because, you know, there's there's these unstable parents that create unstable children or, you know, very uncertain and very uh, anxious t- children because they're seeing their parents fighting or whatever. And so very parents have very uh, strong influence in this way. <clears throat> and so if you do or did have if you did end up being uh, raised in a uh, two-parent two-parent system, you should be very thankful of that because it's very rare anymore. It seems to be very rare, and it is something that 
has been undervalued, I think, over the last couple of, of decades. It's been mass, vastly undervalued and in some ways has been creating more uh, problems with, um, you know, people. And, and, and I think that's one of the reasons why there's a la- such a lack of... I think there's other reasons for it as well, but there's such a lack of empathy. And there's more violent, um, you know, boys and and men than there were because because they're not necessarily given a stable back um, a stable backdrop that they can then be raised in and have a secure attachment. Um, but that can change. You just have to know how to do that. But anyways, I kind of got off track here. But um, so obligation is the ultimate kind of payback in a sense because you know you you have been raised by these people you have been maybe raised badly by your parents but you're still raised and depending on how good it was you're going to be you know better and at dealing with problems and stuff like that and depending on you know your sources that also helped you because it's not just about your parents and your family it's also about those who who showed you different things like this this podcast maybe helped you in other ways I forget what I was saying but anyways the point is obligation oh yeah that's what it was and so depending on how uh, well you are raised in that situation it's not just about your parents it's also about your the other sources in your life. Like maybe this podcast could help you in some way. Maybe it did help you in some way. So you're able to be raised by proxy by somebody else in a sense. I mean, I don't know if I'd use those words, but that is kind of what you could say in that situation. And ultimately what obligation comes down to isn't necessarily what the person said. Like, I'd like you to do this one thing. Uh, or whatever. I mean, that, that can definitely influence your decision. But ultimately the decision comes down to you. And uh, your vows in that moment. Because ultimately what ends up happening is... Um, you know, I've talked about this in my older episode. Um, what did I call it? I don't know, but I've talked about it multiple times about how the more general something is in your mind, the more likely it is that you're not going to have nuance and context and, and you know, ways this could go wrong. And this also applies to this problem of obligation. And so you, you, you do get this request or like, I didn't really request it could be just something like I like it when you did this thing and you're, in your mind you're like oh yay cool that's cool you like this thing and then maybe that subtly uh, uh, gives you a, a sort of like an emotional high to where you're like oh yay that's cool 
Maybe I should do this more often, and then it becomes a sort of obligation after a while. It's very slow and gradual sometimes, where you don't even realize what's happening, and then eventually you're like, oh, I need to do this because this person needs it, he loves it, or whatever. Um... And so the same same kind of problem that that the same kind of thing that created it can also in some ways be the same thing that destroys it. And what I mean by this is that what created the obligation in the first place was kind of like this general sort of idea. Like I I, I he he likes this, so I'm going to start doing this more often, and then it becomes an obligation over time or whatever. The same thing that did this over time, especially if you're now resistant to this obligation, can then destroy it by saying, "Okay, so <clears throat> this is this is probably a bit too general of a obligation. Maybe I should in, uh, increase it with some nuance and say, okay, so if I'm not feeling like doing it right now, I'll do it later, or maybe you know I can convince myself a little bit with some." small effort or whatever maybe i should calm myself down in seconds or whatever it takes to change that around for you a little bit because your obligations are a bit too general and are leading you into this path of resistance um and ultimately i think we all should learn from nature because nature usually nature always takes the path of least resistance uh, you know, people say when it comes to lightning that lightning always takes the path of least resistance, and I think the same is true for nature. You don't see uh, a duck in a pond going, "That duck, he went too, he was too close to me. How dare him!" And next time he does that, I'm going to attack him even worse than I did this time, or whatever, uh, because that wouldn't work in those situations. It it requires least resistance. And so I think it's, I think we need to learn from this in some way, However, whatever that takes. And I, this is not me making an obligation for you. You need to be doing this, but type of thing. Uh, it's more about like becoming more aware, becoming more observant of what works and what actually leads to least resistance. <coughs> because ultimately, the problem is not the obligation. Because I think. When when we we make when we make an obligation, we do generally want to keep this obligation because we like this person or whatever. The problem is least resistance, and the problem is also uh, the now of the obligation. Like, I need to do this now or whatever, instead of like calming down in seconds. Uh, if you want to know how to calm down in seconds, you can watch my episode. Uh, any, any of the episodes called Comcast, C-A-L-M-C-A-S-T. And I also have a pod page now. Uh, just go to podpage, P-O-D-P-A-G-E dot com slash David Speaks. And uh, my pod page is new. I haven't really done anything with it yet, but it is something that I'm uh, planning on doing. So, yeah. <laughs>